Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Turn, if you would, to the book of Luke. Um, we are, uh, I guess I've kind of been on a theme. I want to welcome everybody. It's your first time. We welcome you guys today. And uh, just make yourself at home. But I've been on a, a theme here for a while, really kind of dealing in different avenues of the end times. Um, things are getting darker. Things are changing. You better be prepared. The Word of God will get us through everything. There's nothing in life, and I know we all got problems. I'm not diminishing problems. Uh, but there's nothing in life that can overtake you if you know how to operate in the Word of God. And you've got to be able to move. Uh, it's kind of like the testimony I was given with the, the $90,000. The first thing I wanted to do was, was yield to the flesh and check out and say, no, that's too much. But there's a way in everything. And so you've got to calm yourself down. You've got to get your focus back on, on straight. That, that, the, uh, um, that God's going to come through and show you how to do it. And you've got to walk in Him. Amen? So you found the book of Luke yet? Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs. This is, this is talking about the end times. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations. How many know we've got distress of nations? There's actually, I'm not good at this kind of stuff, but there's actually been signs of the sun, the moon, uh, eclipses and blood red moons and, and different things like that that's been happening. So, so there's been signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. But we're seeing distress of nations with perplexity. How many know there's perplexity going on? The sea and the waves roaring. Men's heart failing them for fear. This is the statement that I actually want to capitalize on. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now, the Bible says... Well, let me just define this word. Men's hearts failing. I looked up the Greek word that was originally uh, came from, and it was the word fainting, giving up. And it, then the, the definition it gave was, I faint or I die. So this men's hearts failing them can, can operate in two realms. Of one, you just lose your gumption. Perplexity. It'll cause your heart to fail. I don't know what, what to do. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, it can open up the door to fear. It can open up the door to give up. It can open up a lot of doors that will not get you to where you're trying to go. The Bible says that, that in the day that we live in now, this is going to be a big problem. And it's not just, when it says men, it's not just talking about men, it's, it's mankind. There, there's a lot of things going on right now that it's perplexing people. It's causing fear. Just inflation is causing a lot of fear. People trying to figure out how am I going to make it, you know, when everything's getting so expensive. I was struggling before, and now I'm really struggling. God has an answer for it in His Word. God has an answer for everything in His Word. If I can keep my mind stayed on Him, He will keep me in the realm of what He has. Now, I want to take this to an extreme uh, for an example, but just to show you that <clears throat> between the year 2000 and the year 2018, suicides went up 37% over the prior testing period. You know why people commit suicide? 
They've lost hope. They've lost faith. They don't know how they're going to get out of it. It's not going to work for me. I'd rather be dead than, than keep pressing on. This spirit operates abundantly in this time frame of darkness covering the earth. I, I'd ask you to raise your hand, but I, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. But, but have you ever entertained thoughts of it would just be better to leave? It's a lie from the devil. But he comes in and he will check your ground to see if you're open to it. Because the thief comes to? Absolutely. And so this, this, this spirit of discouragement, this spirit of loss of hope, this spirit of quit, this spirit of perplexity is going to try to get on everybody. Let's just pause a minute. Bow your head. Heavenly Father, we come against the spirit because nobody here is immune from it. If the spirit of quit is trying to, to get on somebody, if the thoughts of suicide are, are permeating somebody's mind, we just bind it right now in the name of Jesus. This has no operation over us because we are in Christ and we are free from this. So we bind it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our hope and our peace. Amen. In 2021, 48,183 people committed suicide. That worked out to one death every 11 minutes. We've got to stand against this. God did not create his children to be subjected to darkness. He created them to overcome darkness. No matter what comes down the pike, no matter what, what happens, no matter what you see on the news that, that tries to perplex you, that tries to discourage you, you know, uh, when you go to the grocery store and you just got a handful of groceries and, and it doubled in price, no matter what tries to hit you, God has an answer for it. Amen. We've got to train ourselves that God has an answer for it. So, so it's, it's becoming a must that we learn how to move into the zone of the supernatural. Into the realm, the flow of the Spirit of God. And I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, it says that the Spirit doesn't come first, the natural comes first, and then the Spirit. We, we lay the groundwork for the Spirit of God to move. Now, you got to look at when I say we laid the groundwork, it's easy to take that and say, okay, well, yeah, 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 but, but not know how to apply it. Because if all you're focused on is the problem, you're laying the groundwork for problems. So you and I are laying the groundwork. If all we're doing is focused on the trouble, there's trouble. How many knows there's trouble in this world? I'm not denying the fact that there's trouble. I'm not denying the fact that we, there's things coming against us. But if our focus is on the trouble, we're laying the groundwork to walk in the trouble. If our focus is on the spiritual and we start laying the groundwork to walk in the promises, now the spirit has the ability to come on and take the natural and make it supernatural where we're operating in the power of God. So the Bible is very clear. Darkness shall cover the earth. That's Isaiah 60. It's very clear. Gross darkness, the people. Have you ever just listened to the news or something and you scratch your head and how in the world could a person ever do that? Gross darkness, the people. The sum total, not gross like, hey, that's gross. 
It's a mathematical term. The sum total of all darkness is going to manifest in these times and it is going to get on people. And darkness is going to be everywhere. The Bible is very clear about it. But he's also very clear about something else. Arise and shine. We don't have to yield to the darkness. We've got to resist darkness. We've got to understand how this thing, uh, how this thing works. How do you and I arise and shine when darkness is coming on the earth and gross darkness of people, therefore it's all around us, we, we, one, we know uh, Psalms 91 that says, A thousand shall fall at my right hand, ten thousand at my side, but it shall not come near me. So we know by the word of God that even though death, destruction, and everything is all around me, I can stand in a place where I'm not touched. Now, many people in many circles, they don't understand this, and they, they, they come up with the idea that they have to fight the devil. Well, I'm fighting the devil. Stop it. He's defeated. There's one thing I know about everybody that tells me they're fighting the devil is they don't read the Bible. <laughs> Sorry if I stepped on your toe there. <laughs> the devil's defeated. Right. If the devil can get you to fight him, he's taking you out of the realm of the power of the Spirit. Amen. All you got to do, read, read Ephesians 1, like 19 through 21. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father above every power and, and, and name that's named. And then uh, Ephesians 2, 6, and we were seated in him, which would be above every power, dominion, might. Why are you fighting that? We have to understand how this works, how it, how it comes about. So when we look at not enough money, if we fight it on trying to get more money, you're fighting on the natural system. If you're trying to, you know, fight in your peace of mind, you know, by, by taking quaaludes or something, oh, I just need to chill. Let me get a little, little chill factor in me. The ones that are laughing know what I'm talking about. Uh, no, you're trying, to, you're trying to fight it on the natural. The Spirit of God will give you peace. The Spirit of God will open doors up that, that will have all sufficiency in all things. The Spirit of God will, will give us the stability to stand against everything. The Spirit of God will give us victory over it, not fighting the devil. Well, I'm in spiritual warfare. Well, you're in the, on the wrong side of the spirit because there's no, there's no warfare on God's side. They're standing and resisting. When, when you get into the warfare of the darkness, you've yielded to the darkness. Okay, right, this isn't in my notes. It's not going to come up on the screen. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's see it in the Bible. I, I tell you, people struggle with this. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. No, but I believe you that you're going through something because we all go through things. I'm going through some things. I just don't have to tell everybody about it because I know I've got the victory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Do you know that you and I can walk in the exceeding greatness of his power? He, he's, not, he's not concerned about me getting in my power. David's kind of dumb. the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. So all I got to do is believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above. Do that with me, okay? One, two, three. Far above. 
Do you know where he seated him? Far above. All. Principality. All power. All might. All dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that, that filleth all in all. Chapter 2, verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Quit stepping down to the lower level of trying to get the problem solved. Step up to the higher level where the power has already been taken care of. Go to John chapter 16. So all these things, not enough money, uh, too old, confused, an economy that doesn't work, uncertainty, uh, uh, you know, circumstances, the cumulative total of all these things will wear on you. Actually, before I read that verse, I want to, I, I got a couple more statistics here. Do you know that it's, it's stated, this is on e economic front, nearly 4,000 jobs were eliminated in May, like last month, because of AI, artificial intelligence. Th this whole economy is changing right now. Now we can be ostriches and put our head in the sand. Is it ostriches that do that? And just think that, or, or we can understand everything's changing, but God still has a plan. The total so far, according to uh, the World Economic Forum that Forbes uh, magazine reported on, is 60 million jobs have already been eliminated. They project by 2025, another 85 million jobs will be eliminated. This, this whole thing's changing. Now, you see people getting on, you know, social media and stuff and complaining about all these self-checkout things and stuff like that. But, but people don't even understand what's going on. They're voting for their own destruction. That's why, you know, Gavin Newsom is very, very big on, on trying to eliminate this and, and, and get people dependent on the government. So they're raising the, the minimum wage. He knows. He's not stupid. The higher, you, the higher you raise minimum wage, the more jobs go to automation. The more people are unemployed. You can't pay people $15.50 an hour to flip a hamburger. I'll buy a machine that will do that. Because it's economics and understanding how it works. And people are trying to get a, what they call a living wage, and instead of bettering themselves or preparing themselves, I'm talking just totally naturally here, but the spiritual implication is actually the same. Instead of preparing themselves to make more, they want the government to give them more, and the government's actually working to eliminate the jobs so that you become dependent on the government. I want to become dependent on God. There's a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of things that are going on, and I understand school does not teach you uh, to understand money and how it works. So, so most people are uneducated in it, but things are happening. You better prepare yourself for what's coming down the road to walk in the things of God so that you can see, uh, so, so you can overcome it, so that you're not taken down by it. Uh, turn to the book, of, where are we at? John 16? Okay, John chapter 16. I never turned over there, so hang on a second. John chapter 16, verse 25. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. Uh, Oh, 16, 25, as I said. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs or parables. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, and I shall show you plainly 
of the Father. I'm going to tell you plainly what's going to happen. At that, at that day, you shall ask in my name. Did we arrive at that day? Yes. That we can ask in his name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Say, the Father loves me. So you can pray directly to the Father in the name of Jesus. He will hear you. He will answer you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again, into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou camest forth from the Father. And Jesus answered to them, said, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, and you shall be scattered every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Now watch this. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Unless the world gets bad, or unless the wrong president gets in there, or unless the wrong governor gets in there, you can have peace unless the economic system goes haywire, or you can have peace unless there's a food shortage, or you can have peace unless there's a, you know, fill in the blanks. No. He says, in me you have peace. There's a place that you and I can live where we can have peace no matter what's going on. Watch what he says after that. In the world you have tribulations. If you try to do this at the lower level and you're functioning at the natural level, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to increase the factor of problems in your life. If you can, now, now, all problems come out of darkness. Sin entered the world and death by sin. Everything that is in the realm of kill, steal, and destroy operates out of this darkness. It doesn't matter if we're talking about sickness. It doesn't matter if we're talking about money. It doesn't matter if we're talking about somebody going to kill themselves. Everything functions out of darkness. Now, I can spend my time dealing with everything, or I can stand against darkness, and I've just dealt with everything. You should have a mindset on your life. Don't wait until you have a problem. To battle the problem, it's hard to turn the ship around when you're in the middle of something. Preventing it before it gets there is a lot easier. Look at your life and, and think about what you could pro possibly go through. Okay, so I, tur I turned 61 last month. One of the things I'm saying, because you know, probably you, you probably know elderly people. that I haven't got to elderly yet, but I'm looking ahead. The skin thins. They just hit something. They start bleeding. Okay, so now I'm 61. And I'm saying, I don't want that. So now I'm praying for thick skin. Not just to handle people, but, you know, so I don't hit something and start bleeding. I just don't want that. See, the Bible says that with long life, he will satisfy you. I'm not going to be satisfied as every time I bump something, I start bleeding. I'm not going to be satisfied if at eight, age 85, I'm some, subject to some little you know, trinket from the government to keep me alive. I'm not going to be satisfied if my last three years of life is a battle 
of just staying healthy and feeling okay. So what am I doing? Now I'm dealing with those things. See, if we deal with things that come out of darkness and we stand against darkness, then we will, when we get to it, we will be prepared that it can't come upon us. There's a way to live this life where you can live it at the higher level seated in him. But most people's focus is in their 24-hour cycle. What do I have to do today? How am I going to get through tomorrow? Or they have a thank God it's Friday mentality. You know, they grunge through the week working just so that they can get to Saturday so they can do something fun. They, they have no five-year, no 10-year plan. I got I just mentioned 85. That's what, 24 years from now? I'm thinking 24 years from now. Say, well, won't Jesus return? I sure hope so, but hey, if he doesn't, I'm not going to be broken down at 85. See, if I was sitting in here and somebody else was preaching this, I'd say, hallelujah, I got control over this thing. But you don't have to do what I do. So he says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. And in the world you have tribulations. Watch this. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, if he, I, we, we read Ephesians. Uh, I didn't just refer to it. We went over to Ephesians and read it. If, if he has overcome the world and I am in him, guess what I am now? I've, I'm an overcomer. I've overcome the world. Now, everything in the world, everything in the natural, everything that the darkness is trying to do to the average folk, I've overcome it. That means I ride on top of it. There's a very, very big push now. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking economics here. You can, you can disagree with me if you want to, but you're, you're going to be sad down the road. They're trying to get away. They're trying to do away with the middle class. And as I've said many times, you are not going to fall up. You better, you better have a mind. Now, if I've overcome the world, nothing wrong with the middle class. We all probably, probably most of us are in the middle class. And, uh, but if they're going to do away with the middle class and you just look at other countries, there's those that are in control and then the peasants. So if you don't want to become the peasant, you better start looking ahead to overcoming so that you fall up and you start moving up into a realm that you can't fall down. Okay, that is beyond where I'm at today. So I'm going to have to look ahead. I'm going to have to prepare myself because he overcame the world. I don't care what, what problem you're facing or what you're up against. There's an answer to it. There's an answer to it. Don't just hold your breath and hope it all goes okay. Because you can only hold your breath so long. And the things that are going on are going to continue to go on. We have to prepare ourselves in how to do it. So how do we do that? He's overcome the world. Therefore, everything that is in the world, you are, if you're in him, you're already an overcomer. But the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy will knock on your door. So you're not battling him. You're resisting him. We live in a fallen world. Sickness and disease will attack your body. 
It will come knock on your door. But now what you do next is going to determine how you come out. In the economics, uh, lack is going to come knocking on your door. But what you do is going to determine how you, how you handle it. If you're an overcomer <coughs> in him who has overcome, then you've got to resist what is going on and stay in the realm of victory. We do not fight from a position of defeat. We fight from a position of victory. Amen. And if you go back into military things, they always want the high ground. If they're, you know, infantry or something like that and they're battling, they don't want to fight somebody up on a mountain because whoever's higher has the advantage. If you look at law enforcement, they don't want to walk up a staircase looking if somebody uh, is, is, you know, the person that they're looking for. They want to get on the roof and come down. They want the high ground. This same thing is a spiritual principle that you and I, we've been seated in him. We're going to have to shift our thinking that if I'm in him, this problem has no power over me. And from this position, I can stand in the authority. So I'm not going to yield to it. I'm not going to bow down to it. Well, how do I how do I yield to it? You think it has power over you and you make natural adjustments to make it work. Let's just take our budget, inflation. A lot of people's budgets has gotten messed up. Say like you're believing God for $3,000 a month, and it's looking like it's not going to come in. It's looking like it's not, it's not manifesting. So most people, what will they do? They will adjust their budget downward. Why don't you raise your expectations upward? Instead of believing for $3,000, believe for $4,000. Well, how in the world can I do that? I'm not even getting the three. Because God said you can't. I'm going to overcome darkness. It's the darkness that's trying to get you not to get the 3,000. So if I'm going to resist it, step up to a higher level. You, you, you start feeling some way in your body and you think you got to go crawl into bed. Don't crawl into bed. Go jogging. Go to work. Get up. Stand against it. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm weak. I don't feel good. So are you going to fight from a position of authority or are you going to fight from a position of, of uh, you know, sickness. See, this is hard to wrap your mind around, but if you are an overcomer, not you're trying to be an overcomer, don't you have a mentality of overcoming? If you are an overcomer. Well, then if we are an overcomer and we've worked on our mentality to be an overcomer, why would we step to a lower level because there was pressure on us? See, pressure will cause you to go the way of the flesh. You have to stand against pressure. Now, who enjoys pressure? Nobody enjoys pressure. Who likes it to just go well? No problems, no complications. Everything just chucks along. And yeah, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. There's going to be obstacles. And obstacles create pressure. People create pressure. There's a lot of things that create pressure. Pressure causes most people to kneel down and yield. But you can't yield to the pressure. I remember the story that Bill Krause told one time. And uh, uh, Pastor Krause up in uh, uh, Sacramento area. They, they had five kids, him and his wife. So what's that, seven total. And uh, they, they didn't have any food. 
I, I mean, they were down to the last portion of their food. And there was a neighbor down the street uh, who just had a baby. She just came home from the hospital. I think she had a C-section or something like that. And so she's recuperating. And he told uh, Miss Cindy, he says, well, uh, you know, she shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't be having to try to figure out how to feed their kids. Go ahead and make them dinner and uh, take it down to them. And uh, she says, okay, I just want you to know all we have is one chicken or, you know, some chickens. And, uh, and she named a couple of things. She goes, that's actually all that's in the house. <coughs> and, and once we eat dinner, we need a miracle ourselves. He said, that's fine. God will provide. But so to them. So they made a dinner. They took it down. Oh, they were just, he said they were just really overjoyed uh, because, you know, bringing the baby home and different things and going on, stuff like that. Just thank them. And they came back and she's like, what are we going to do? Because they had five kids. She says, God will provide. And so they sat around the, the kitchen table to eat. No food. And uh, they were praying. As they were praying, the doorbell rang. They went to the door and they answered the door. And this person uh, that they knew or from their church or something like that uh, said, you know, it was really weird. Uh, we were at the grocery store getting some groceries for us. And I know it was the Lord spoke to us and said, uh, uh, get Bill and Cindy some groceries. And I, I don't know what you like, so I just got a little bit of everything. And they had, I think it, this goes back in the day. Remember those uh, like Toyota trucks that were smaller? I think it was one of those type of trucks. And uh, they had the whole bed full of, of bags of groceries. And when they brought it into the house, their refrigerator was full. All their cupboards were full. <coughs> and then they had, they had no place to put it. They had to find a place to put the rest of the food. Why? Because they resisted the pressure. See, but, but when you're sitting in a place where you've got five kids and you've got no food, your focus is on you. And that's where you start yielding to the pressure. No, if you, if you know that God's meeting your needs, if you know that you are seated in him, if you know that he will never leave you nor forsake you, if you know these things, then why can't we function as though he will? This is, this is the reason why less than 2% of the body, people confessing to be Christians actually tithe. Uh, they have the excuse that it's Old Testament. Uh, they haven't read their New Testament yet. But, the, uh, but the, the real reason is fear of making it. <coughs> yet they say they serve a God who provides everything that they'll ever need. Go to Proverbs 25. Now here, I'm going to show you how this works. Amen. I need to talk faster. Proverbs 25 and 2. It is the glory of, a, of God to conceal a thing. So now your answer to what you need is concealed because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Now, the reason why God conceals it is because he doesn't want everybody just falling into it. You, you've got to, by faith, press in and you've got to, by faith, see and understand because that reveals his glory that right in front of you and me, how many here has the testimony that you're believing God for something and the answer came and it was like so simple you couldn't figure out why you couldn't think of it? Because everything you need is right, right within your realm. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Now, now throughout the Bible, he talks about he wants a kingdom of kings and priests. We are kings. It's our honor to search out what he has done 
Now go to Revelation chapter 5, and let me give you just one verse on this. There's other verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but I want to sum it up with this one because I like the way, how, it, how it's worded. Uh, Galatians, uh, not Galatians, Revelation 5.10. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign, R-E-I-G-N, on the earth. Reigning is a position of authority. That's an overcoming position seated in him. So it's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings, which he has made us, to seek it out. In Matthew 7, 7, he says, Seek, and you shall... Oh, y'all know that verse. He's not hiding it from you that you can't find it. He's hiding it from those who don't seek after him so they don't stumble in and benefit from it. So, so once we understand that, the, that within our realm, within our life, everything that we need is within our reach if we can see it. Now, this is where it gets tricky because most people are focused on the problem and trying to figure out how to get out of the problem. It's not up to you and me to get out of the problem. God has retained that part. He says, I will take care of you. Don't focus on the problem or how you're going to fix the problem. Focus on him and where you are in him and believe that, that he has provided a way out. Now, I'm going to show you this. Uh, if you can hang with me, two, two more scriptures. Go to Galatians chapter 6. <clears throat> I, I, I get to talk them fast. Is this making sense? Yes. See, we got to know who we are, where we're seated. <clears throat> the problem with many Christians, they don't have the right identity and they don't know where they're seated. They're living their life based on their own intellect and their own skills. Man, I thank God I, I don't have to live my life on my, my intellect. I, I, I would be goofed up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Have you ever found the place where weary is trying to get on you? Okay, he says don't do that. You've got to resist the weariness. Now, weariness is real, right? I'm just so tired. You ever said that? It's real, right? Stop it. Because once you focus on that, it's going to expand. Let the weak say, I am strong. So in your greatest moment of weariness, start talking about your strength that is promised through God. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Or wait a minute, verse 9. For in due season we shall reap. <coughs> if we faint not. That, that's up to you. If you don't give up, if you don't faint, you're going to reap. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Now, in verse 10, it says, as we therefore have opportunity. The original Greek word that was translated opportunity is the exact same word in verse 9 that was translated due season. Okay, so let's read verse 9 with the same translation as verse 10. Let us not be weary in, do, uh, in doing well, for in opportunity we shall reap. Now that changes the whole picture because in due season, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. 
Even Jonathan Winters knew, stop waiting and swim out to it. There's an opportunity around you. It's God's system. He set it up so that the answer that everything that you and I need is, is presently placed where we are at so that we have it to get out of the battle that we're presently in. But if I can't see the opportunity, which is hard to see when you're focused on the problem, the difficulty, the lack, the struggle, you're going to walk right by the opportunity and not catch it. I would encourage you to go back to last Tuesday's Bible study on uh, uh, you know, the, the live stream Bible study. I went through an eviction process and, and I went through this very deeply. Uh, on, on how I got the person out because it was a very frustrating thing and I was dealing with the police department and they were telling me that I had to do one thing and I was, tell, I was being respectful, but I was telling them, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, there, there's got to be a different way. We're negotiating. They brought their supervisor out and, and I'm praying on the inside and I'm looking for the opportunity and it ju just supernaturally comes about to where all of a sudden, standing there, the police are against me. In just a moment's notice, it all turned around, and they got the people out of my house. It was, but, but go back and listen to it, because I walked through it. In there's an opportunity waiting for you in everything. So in opportunity, we shall reap. So every situation of darkness, everything that manifests out of darkness, there is an answer to how to get through it, and according to Romans, God is not going to put more on you than what you're able to bear. Now, people say, I just can't handle this anymore. Liar. Because God buffers it. You can handle it. You, don't, you may not want to. That's legit. But you can. You can stand against it. Now, let me give you a practical example. Judges 15. All the way back in the Old Testament, Judges 15. Verse 14, and when he came unto Levi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. So this is, this is the story of Samson. The Philistines came, they wanted him, they went to the elders of Israel. They wanted them to tie him up so that they could come get him because they wanted to kill him. Okay, and when, when they came unto Levi, the Philistines shouted against him, that would be against uh, Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became his flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. In darkness, whatever binds you, whatever arena that you think you're being held back, that you can't do it. See, God, if you can, if you can get seated in your mind, God wants his glory to shine in darkness. He wants you to be a light in darkness. He wants more than you want to break the bands, that which is binding you, so he could be revealed through you. Our problem in walking, we want that also, but we get so fixated on the problem. Now, now we see here what's going on, but, but why, why was uh, he concerned in verse 12? Just go back to verse 12 real, real quick. Uh, verse 11, 3,000 men of Judah uh, went to the top of the rock and they met the Philistines there. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. They're, they're talking to Samson here. Into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, Swear unto me. He's talking to his own people now. Swear unto me that you will not fall upon me yourself. Isn't that a powerful verse? 
Sometimes people in your own church, well, you, you got you to gotta watch your back on it. But he's talking to the believers. He's talking to the elders of Israel. Okay, I'll let you bind me. I'll let you present me to the enemy. Because he knew there was no power in the enemy. Just give me your word. I'm not going to have to deal with you too. He knew who he was. He knew God's blessing upon the people. He didn't want to have to fight against God. He has no problem fighting against the darkness. Just give me your word that when you bind me and you take me up, I'm not going to have to deal with you. Oh, no, we won't touch you. We're just going to deliver you. Okay, I'm fine with that. See, are, are you fine with going into battle against the devil? Even if you're alone. See, you've you got to look down in your heart of hearts and determine, I know who I am in Christ. It does not matter what comes against me. Greater is he that is in me than he that can stand before me. And in my position of standing, I can overcome all things. I've got to retain. This is what, what uh, Samson saw. And, and look, okay, so going back to verse 14, uh, the flax was burnt with fire and his bands loose from off his hands, and he found a new jawbone of an ass. Now, he found. That means when it, the, 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 uh, that which bound him broke off, he started looking around. What did God give me to fight? What, he knew God had placed an opportunity there. He knew there was a door there open that God had provided something for him so that he could fight. And he looked around until he saw the jawbone. Oh, here, God, what, this is what God gave me. I like what Reverend Brent brought out the other day. He said, because he, he talked to some medical people on de de decomposition, different things like that. If that donkey had been there for too long and it got too dry, as soon as he hit somebody, it would crack and break. It had to have enough elasticity in it or, or still life, not being dried out. So when he hit, it could retain the power of structure. So if you stop and you think about this, God had that donkey born at the right time so that it could grow to the right size so that it could die right there because down the road, he had a man that was going to encounter a problem right here that was going to need something to get him through it. God's done the same thing for you. He knows. I know the thoughts that I think of you, thoughts of good and not of evil. Before the foundation of the, the world, Ephesians chapter 1, I called you by name. I, and I, I destined your life. And I, I, I put everything together for your life. There is an opportunity everywhere you stand and in everything that you encounter. And so he says here, and he found a new jawbone uh, and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men. Whew. Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, and the jawbone of an ass, I have slain a thousand men. Victory has, has arisen upon him. The power and the glory of God has manifested. God wants to do the same thing for you and me. Now, you can't walk into this if you have a yielding mindset. Well, it's beyond my control. There's nothing beyond, beyond your control because if you're in Christ, there's nothing beyond his control. We have to shift it. In the kingdom of God, we have been moved to a, a system of opportunity by faith. And it brings us to the position 
of standing against darkness and not submitting to it. The darker it gets, more sin abounds, more grace abounds. More God wants his light to shine the sin. God's system is so perfect. He has given you and me his power. We can operate in it. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. You're going to have to see who you are, where you've been seated, seated, and you're going to have to function in that authority and drive back darkness. This earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and everyone that dwells within it. All this is ours. We should own this county. We should have a voice in this county. It's God's. He wants us to bring His Spirit into places. Quit, quit looking at your job if you're working someplace and say, oh man, I just got to get me a new job because there's a bunch of heathen in there. Yeah, you're supposed to be the light. Start being the light. Start changing the temperature. Stop yielding. Oh, you don't understand my family. They put so much pressure on me. Uh, they don't like me talking about Jesus. Yeah, because it convicts them. Talk about Jesus more. If we will do the word, we will see the word operate in our lives. But I, I, I've talked, you know, like I said, 26 years of ministry. There's a lot of people they can't see it. Well, I, I just don't think that, that that'll work for me. You don't understand my situation. The problem is, and, and just be a little bit of grown up right now, it's you're carnally minded. The natural has greater dominance than the spirit in your mind. And when we're like that, the Bible says, again, the book of Ephesians, that we have been blinded. What do we have to do? Well, number one, we're going to have to trust the word of God, even though we can't see it right now. But as you trust the word of God and you start moving in the word of God, God will open your eyes on how to how to see it, how to overcome, how to stand strong. We got to get back to the word. It's the word of God that brings victory. Who sent this fly up here? This victory in our lives. Probably because I'm hot. I'm sweaty. wants to adapt to my sweat. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father. Lord, we're not just going to roll out of bed and one day walk up and understand this. But God, if we've given our lives to you, we're, we're seated in you. We've got to learn how to function in that you. Stop making excuses. Stop doing religious things that are actually not biblical. And start doing what your word says. If, we, if we're walking in life and we're, we're encountering problem after problem after problem and it doesn't seem like we're gaining victory, then we need to back up and look at your word and see where, where have we missed it. How come it doesn't come together the way you said it would? Because there is no failure in you. Lord, we have to resign ourselves to, to a few basic principles, being that you are right and we are not, that your way works and our way doesn't. If we can understand these things and we can start yielding to you, we can walk in this greater. Lord, and we're going to have to, we're going to have to walk in this greater because of the darkness and the, the rapidness that it's increasing. Deal with our hearts, Lord, this morning. Deal with our hearts, Lord, this morning. 
If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, just right now, while everybody's uh, eyes are closed and heads bowed, just raise your hand. If there's anybody in here that needs to give their life, we'll just pray it all together. Is there anybody who hasn't given their life to Jesus? Okay. Then, then if we've all given our life to Jesus, let's all pray that we can walk in Jesus. Jesus wasn't concerned when he had to pay taxes. He just sent his disciples to go fish for him. He wasn't, he wasn't concerned when he had more people than food. He just multiplied it. He wasn't concerned when they tried to push him off a cliff. He just hid himself and walked through them. Everything that I do, greater things shall you do. He's given us the power to walk in everything there. So let's pray and ask God, show me how to get into this. Show me how to walk. Give me, help me obtain this identity and this realness of my position in you and to get out of my emotions and get out of the problems and be seated where, where you've seated me. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would open the eyes of our understanding. God, let us see your word. You, you did not have a communication problem with us. You told us plainly that you have overcome the world and that we, you have seated us in you. Therefore, we are overcomers of the world because what's in us is greater than anything that we will ever battle. We are far above every name. God, let us see how this works and let us walk in this fullness. Deal with our hearts, God, because the days are getting darker and you want your glory to push back the darkness through us. Help us to get our eyes off of ourselves and our eyes on walking in you. It, because if we walk in you, all the problems are taken care of already. And we'll have the confidence in it. Help us, God, to break our meditation on problems, on sadness, on struggles. And let us meditate on your word, as you told Joshua, that if we would meditate day and night, then we shall have good success. Let us see ourselves, see ourselves walking in this. In the name of Jesus, amen.